Hello and welcome to this GBM Media Podcast. You're about to hear Serving Today, a programme for pastors and church leaders. If you're involved in any form of Bible teaching, be that one-to-one or in small or larger groups, Serving Today will be relevant for you. Welcome to Serving Today, the programme for those who lead in God's church. This is Andrew Cook and I'm glad to be with you once again. Ephesians, our final look at this New Testament letter. And Christ the Son of God in the Names of Jesus series. If you've been with us in recent programmes here on Serving Today, you'll know that we've been looking at the book of Ephesians with Ray Tibbs. Well, this is the last in the series. What does Paul do in the passage we're going to think about for this final talk? Well, over to Ray. These verses, 21 through to 24 in chapter 6 of Ephesians, seems to be Paul's farewell to the church in writing by which he speaks of three gifts that he gives to them. The first is the word of God. As Paul's letter draws to a close, he has been conscious that what he had written came with divine authority. Have a look at chapter 4, verse 17. He was an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and delivered God's word, not his own opinions. Any new teaching was consistent with the word of God already revealed. And in the course of his letter, Paul had quoted four times from the Old Testament. Others recognised his writings were of God. You can see that in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 14 through to 16. And we receive them today as such, with their instructions as binding now as ever they were before. Paul's first gift to the Ephesian believers was the word of God as contained in this letter to the church. What else did he do for them? Well, his second gift was men of God. Well, let's read from verse 21 of Ephesians chapter 6. Tychicus, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you everything, so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you. Paul gave this letter to Tychicus, who, accompanied by Onesimus, also delivered letters to the church at Colossae. See Colossians chapter 4, verses 7 to 9, and also to Philemon. You can see that in Philemon, verses 10 to 12. A letter could only convey a limited amount of information, and the men would be able to give more details about Paul's welfare. They could also enlarge on the contents of the letter, if necessary, to correct any wrong impression, answer questions and stop gossip. Their personal experience and knowledge of Paul would help prevent misunderstanding as his message was delivered by trusted and able men. And is there a a parallel in today's world? Well, contemporary printed or recorded ministries can supplement but 
offer no permanent substitute for personal face-to-face ministry. Tychicus was mentioned first in Acts chapter 20 verse 4 when he accompanied Paul at the end of his third journey. That led to Paul's arrest and imprisonment and then his journey to Rome. Tychicus was still with him because it was from Rome that those letters were written. Paul was apparently released and then re-arrested some years later and Tychicus was referred to again in 2 Timothy 4 verse 12 and in Titus 3 verse 12. And how did Paul bring this letter to the Ephesians to a close? Well, he brings to this Ephesian church as his third and parting gift, the blessing of God. Peace to the brothers and sisters and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. Paul could not convey God's blessing directly to the Ephesian church, but he could call them down from God. Peace conveys more than harmony. It includes prosperity and security from and with God. It is the love of believers for each other that is referred to here. In a sense, it was always present, but it constantly needed expressing. When it was not expressed as much as it might have been, that was when faith was required, to believe that it was still present, even when it was not shown. It is a matter of not thinking ill of others when they fail to show Christian love. So everyone would continue to need the grace of God, his undeserved favour, for none were perfect. Paul's prayer does not mean that those things were absent. However much those blessings were already present, more was still needed. What would your closing thought or exhortation be, Ray? Let's never be satisfied with what God has already given to us. There is always more we could have if only we asked. God is a faithful, loving, heavenly Father who will not withhold any good gift from his children. What are the blessings that you desire for yourself and your church? Well, thank you again to Ray Tibbs for taking us through the whole of the letter to the Ephesians. What is the significance of the names used in the Bible about the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, to explain the meaning of another one of these, it's good to have Derek French with us again. The title of Christ for today's consideration is most glorious, for he is called the Son of God. Mark opens his Gospel in the very first verse with this statement. The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It is a magnificent way to begin his unfolding of the ministry of Jesus because it immediately and unequivocally tells us Jesus is very wonderful indeed, unique because he is God's son. Now you will recall that even before he was born, this was revealed to Mary. The angel Gabriel was sent to her and initially she was greatly troubled. But then Gabriel spoke to reassure her 
and shared this remarkable message from God. It's found in Luke chapter 1, verses 30 to 33. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. The words Son of the Most High mean the Son of God. So what is this title teaching us about Jesus? And the answer is easy to give, yet also most profound. Jesus Christ is divine. He is the unique, heavenly, eternal Son who is equal with God himself. For example, in Matthew 11 verse 25 we read that at that time Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. This also comes out so clearly in the opening verses of the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Jesus is the exact imprint of God's nature, making him exactly equal to God in every attribute. He is the one who both created and now upholds the universe by his power, and he could only do that if he was God. Let me repeat that. He could only be and do those things if he was equally one with the Father in the triune Godhead of Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Because he is divine, he is able to perfectly reveal God to us. Writing of Jesus in Colossians 1 verse 18, Paul wrote, For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And in Colossians 2 verse 9 he said, For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. Which is why Jesus was able to say to Philip in John 14, Have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. As the Son of God, Jesus reigns supreme over disease, demons, and death, as is seen by his many miracles, including raising the dead. He is seen to reign supreme over creation, for even the winds and the waves obey him. He knew the future in great detail and prophesied about his own death, the destruction of Jerusalem, and foretold what would happen to his disciples and even the world. He had such authority that he could forgive sins, which the Jews knew only God could do, and give eternal life to all who trust in him. His majesty is seen most clearly in his triumph over sin, the devil and the grave, through his death on the cross and his glorious resurrection. And to these things we can add that when he was on the earth, he received worship from men. In John 9 verse 38 we read concerning the man who had been born blind and whom Jesus healed. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Further, we have the response of Thomas when he saw the risen Christ. 
in John 20, verse 28, Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. By his grace, believers become sons and daughters of God, but with an important distinction. We become members of God's family by adoption, through the grace of God, whereas Jesus is the Son of God by right. John opens his gospel with these wonderful words about Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. At his baptism, his heavenly Father declared in Matthew 3 verse 17, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. And again later at his transfiguration in Matthew 17 verse 5, Jesus was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. May we respond in the same way and delight to listen and follow his voice as we read his word and to worship and adore him. That was Derek French bringing our time to a close here on Serving Today. As always, do send us your questions or comments. The details follow in just a few moments. So this is Andrew Cook saying goodbye, and may God bless you as you serve Christ, the Son of God. That was Serving Today, a podcast from the Grace Baptist Mission radio team. To get in touch, you can email us. The address is servingtoday at gbm.org.uk or find us on Twitter at servingtodaygbm. You can also search our back catalogue from our webpage www.gbm.org.uk forward slash radio. Thanks for listening and goodbye.